Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Watch you throw the ball, we gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole, or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long, or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trapper Dive. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Trapper Dive Podcast. Provided it to you by 214 Media. I'm your host. Oh. And the official podcast of the Hogs Haven Network. Um, I'm your host, Molly Maul, Hen Dog Maul, Coach Maul, all that good stuff. And in here with the fellas, Dre, AJ, fellas, how y'all doing, man? Y'all good, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great, man. I'm actually, I want to know how AJ doing, man. He looks slick as shit, man. Where you, where you coming from? <laughs> oh, you, got, you got somewhere to go tonight? <laughs> he got the Zara fit on, bro. Just my little Zara top. Aaron's earlier today. <laughs> the same, man. man clean, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, how y'all weekend go though, bro? How the weekend treat y'all? It was chill. Hey, I mean, look, I said the same thing to my son. Why couldn't we have the weather that we had today all weekend? Like it rained on Friday, cold yep. Saturday. I mean, it was nice yesterday, but come on, give me a whole weekend of this. It would have been much better. Somebody, if every day was like today. Somebody said we get in. I'm out. I'm checking the weather app. So I heard 85. Uh no, they it's were probably gonna be oh, a well, dumb day like Wednesday. It don't matter. <laughs> yep, Wednesday eighty, Thursday eighty four, Friday eighty four. Um, weekend how ain't too how bad. How the weekend looking? Seventy seven on Saturday, fifty percent chance of rain, but eighty on Sunday. Oh, I mean, hundred um, percent. Yeah, right, man. I just need me look. I just need me. I need. We need to get to the back back to the point where we at seventy five consistently, bro. Like, Please. tomorrow's looking good. <laughs> Tomorrow's looking good. AJ, what about you, bro? How your weekend treat you, bro? Oh, AJ, if you're talking, you on me. What's going on, Al? Too. What's going on, Monty? I see y'all in the chat as well. I was trying to get. I was trying to get rid of the senior citizen background. <laughs> that that's what was going on just now. But uh, right, I mean, the weekend weekend was cool, man. Uh, uh didn't do anything. Um. It's crazy because I asked my brother, I had tweeted it, but I asked my brother, like, hey, you plan on going to church on Sunday? And he was mm-hmm. like, nah, he's like, he's like, Easter Sunday is like the Super Bowl of Christianity. It is. And like my brother don't tell jokes, dog. That shit was hilarious. I'm about to say this like, side, is this the same one that, that was yeah. cracking jokes? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so I was like, what the hell? But I mean, uh, yeah, I ain't I ain't do nothing, man. Like 
I mean, y'all know, man, it's, it's a pretty tough time for me. I don't have my, my yeah. mom around anymore, so I, I ain't had no Easter dinner. I ain't even eat anybody <laughs> yesterday. I just really been chilling, man. Just uh, watch, watch uh, some TV, uh, some Love is Blind. <laughs> hey, bro. And, still and watching that, <laughs> He on it. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, that I started good, watching after AJ brought it up, bro. It's, it's good. It's entertaining because it's like, for me, I'm 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 still single, but I'd be outside in these streets. But at some point, you know, wanna wanna settle down and things. I think it's interesting to see how people date. Like that perspective is just mm-hmm. like it, it's very informative. Like you could see you can see bits and pieces of yourself, and then you can also see like things not to do. Uh like for those that watch the show, a yeah. lot of people are complaining about the the Hispanic girl Jacqueline and uh Marshall. And a lot of people blaming her for why their relationship ain't going right. But I'm looking at the dude Marshall like, damn, my boy, you press. Like, you you forcing somebody to try to be with you? Like, so you hella press. I felt it's crazy that you brought up Jack. So I don't, I haven't been, I'm I'm a little like I don't be checking the social media yet. Like, I know they be talking about it, but to your yeah. point, I was thinking about Jacqueline too, and I'm like, Jacqueline cold in the sense that like she ain't she ain't necessarily. She's not good at expressing everything that's going on in her head. And she's like, she got that effort attitude. She like, she if not it ain't working, effort. Yeah, she's not used to being with a solid person, like someone that actually shows they care. Like her, her energy of how she receives love is is toxic. Yeah. So so like when she so when she she met Marshall, I get it. Like, but I think from if you look at it from her perspective, she's just in a spot where she's okay with moving on if something don't work out like in her head that's how oh, she's yeah. that's how she's approaching it so it's like i'm mad at jacqueline for how she handled it but it's like i think people don't understand like she's also somewhat doing this in a healthy way for her nah people understand it because it's so many women that self-sabotage situations bro yeah, true. but they don't never get to see it on tv they but don't never get to see it she thought, yeah, he thought that she was getting her fit for the wedding, bruh. For the yeah, wedding. She day. was out, she was out on a date with, with old boy with the cauliflower ears. TV shows is the real world. I ain't watched none of this shit since real world versus road rules. That's nah, dog. Anyway. Like I used to watch, I used to watch real world growing up. Like for me, I never watched cartoons growing up. Like it was either sports or like I was watching real world. I was watching just real TV, not no, not no uh, cartoons or whatever. Yeah. But it's like wait, it's like Dre. It's like real world, but strictly focused on the relationship aspect, and like it doesn't come off scripted. I can say that it don't come off. You scripted. can't you you can't see the people, right? Is that yeah. it? Like you, you don't, you don't see the people in the beginning. You don't see the people in the beginning. Like you build everything through. They call it pods, okay. and then they end up building this relationship to the point where they feel like, oh, I want to get married with, to you. Like that's, that's the goal in the pods is to propose. Then when you propose, you finally like get a chance to meet one another. And then it, it seems like they immediately take them on like some vacation to some Island yeah, and then they kick jump. it with each other and they all get to see who else they've been talking to or oh, whatever. Man. Like you, you with your boys. So like the men and the women are in their own room where, they pretty much know who they are and the women know who they are and who they're talking to. 
but nobody's ever seen one another. And then that's when the real life shit kick in, like living with each other in the same city, uh, possibly having to be uh, remote in some instance or traveling, the different mm-hmm. dynamics, meeting family. Like that's when that's when the shit hit the fan. <laughs> it's when, and for it's you, when they get to the real world. Dre, if you do plan on checking it out, if you do, I would start with season four. Season four, the wildest one out of all the seasons. Like oh, I ain't okay. never seen this. Yeah, I would start with that one first, and then worry about. Nah, the there, there was a, there was another season, dog. I, I guess not wild, bro. Like bit. they talking about so many different people talking about leaving people for the other people in the show. Like that ain't never <laughs> happened before, bro. Nah, there <laughs> was one crazy. joint where it was a black dude and this black girl. Like they messed up with each other. Come to find out after they already put, after he already proposed to her or whatever, I think they was hanging out at the pool if I'm not mistaken. And Buddy told Shorty that he was bisexual. Oh, yeah. And she was like, she was like, when was you gonna tell me this? Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. And then he uh-huh. just spaz on her. He's he he literally like just hit her with the sass. He hit <laughs> wow. her with the crazy sass. Yeah. Like that's wow. yourself a victim, bro. I'm gonna have to check but, um, this out, see what y'all talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, I was season four and then find out what season that one was talking about. That one worth it too, and, and check it out. You got you gotta hurry up this week because uh Ain't the, the season finale and the reunion this one. week. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be all right. Trey going to be yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go ahead and transition to, to football, man. Um, If you are just checking out too, Magic, appreciate y'all checking in. Uh, too said, I ain't never seen... <laughs> I ain't never seen AJ so excited to talk about anything other than uh, shit on our quarterbacks. Apparently now, love is blind. Um, hey, love, love is blind when it comes to Sam Howell too. So hey, yeah, we're gonna talk to. about Sam Howell with uh, Emory Hunt. Um, Emory is about to check in in, in literally a couple of seconds. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you are watching on uh or listening, excuse me, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen, and make sure you hit that uh rating and review. We definitely appreciate it. Um, we're gonna go ahead and bring in Emory Hunt right now. Let me go ahead and get things situated. Uh Boom, there we go. So Emory is joining us right now, the owner of Football Game Plan and CBS Sports Analyst. Uh, he's going to join us to preview the NFL draft, talk a little bit of commanders, talk to uh, some some Sam Howe situations. Uh, I wanted to start off with that one, but before we get started, appreciate you joining us, Emory. How you doing, boss, man? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So like I said, before we get into the 2023 prospects, um, Sam Howe, man, is the, obviously the second-year quarterback. And, and for Washington, I don't know how closely you've been following their situation, but it's just been a weird situation overall, um, trying to keep up with their overall approach uh, at the quarterback position in Rivera's tenure. So uh, as of right now, they're currently interested in giving Howe every opportunity to become their quarterback one. Uh, for you, as you were preparing for the 2022 draft, uh, Emery, how was uh, your thoughts? What was your thoughts and your evaluation on Sam Howe coming out last year? To me, Sam Howell was something of what they had already in tow in uh in um the kid that, that just left Heineke. You know, to me, he was someone that, that kind of reminded me of that, you know, that can make some throws, good athlete, uh, can scramble, make things happen with his legs to buy time. Um, you like the fact that he was fearless, he was a little bit reckless with the football at times at North Carolina. Came to a came into a situation where you can say, you know, he played with equal talent I'm talking about at the receiver position at North Carolina that he now currently has with Washington, which is why when he stepped in and played, 
he kind of saw the transition wasn't as steep for him or wasn't as big, which is why they felt confident. Hey, okay, this guy seems to be a little bit more ready to go. You kind of saw some of that in the preseason um, when he got an opportunity to play. He took some terrible sacks in the preseason, but when you go back and, and, and watch him against Dallas and you go and watch him at North Carolina, you can understand uh, why they want to give this guy at least a chance to, to at least play himself out the position, which is something that a lot of quarterbacks don't really get uh, the, the time to do. I I think one of the things, fellas, um, that I don't think we spoke on, maybe since because Rivera had talked after our last show, um, he had mentioned the 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 game plan, the blueprint that the Eagles outlined with with Jalen Hurts, and um, I, I don't have the quote or verbatim in front of me, but. I know that he tried to outline that blueprint. And, and my thing is with Jalen himself is like, you know, Sam Howe had one NFL game, right? And Ron Rivera did a good job of explaining. Uh, I mean, whether or not you believe it is one thing, right? But he did a good job of explaining why he chose to give Sam Howe this opportunity. Um, a lot had to do with what was going on in practice. A lot had to do with the feedback from his defensive players. I mean, obviously Taylor Heineke himself helped. Uh, push Ron Rivera over the point to, of actually giving him the full start against the Dallas Cowboys. But Jalen, in his situation with Philly, he had ample amount of playing time before they made the decision to move on from Carson Wentz. Like he had probably a couple games, if not like four or five, maybe in his rookie season, where they had an opportunity to really give him um, some exposure and in some type of uh, evaluation uh, from the coaches to, to move on and say, we're going to give him an opportunity. Um, my overall question is, do you kind of, what approach do you agree with when it comes to evaluating a fifth round, a uh, fifth round draft pick and, or just even a situation like Washington where you're given reset and how that, that opportunity to fight it out, but you're giving your options or you're giving your, uh, you're playing your card out and saying that we want how to win it. That's my whole issue with the quarterback position in general. Um, if you want to, you know, just call it a competition where it's straight up, this guy is better than this guy, and we're going to roll with this guy, then do that. And so that's what the Eagles did. That's the difference. They realized that Carson wasn't as good as Jalen, and they just let him go. They made that decision quickly. They made that decision in that Packers game, and they just rolled with it the rest of the way. And he kind of knew going into that offseason that Jalen's going to be our guy. He led them to the playoffs uh, that year. And then we saw this past season get them to the Super Bowl. Now, how is not Jalen Hurts? Um, because if that was the case, he would have won a lot more games at North Carolina. We saw Jalen, you know, get to a championship game. They, he won one as the backup, but got to another championship game. So he has winning pedigree. Um, and you don't see that in big games from Sam Howell. That's where he has to really grow his game but if this is a true competition and they get to training camp and they realize Jacoby Brissett is better than than Sam Howell you have to start Jacoby Brissett you can't just start someone because you kind of want that guy to be the starter if that's the case just name him the starter and don't continue with a facade competition because the players will know talent will tell you who needs to start and we see that at other positions with some coaches uh, but a lot of times coaches tend to allow the financials and the front mm -hmm. office to dictate the starting lineups. Politics. Now, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, definitely politics. Uh, Emery, we appreciate you coming on the show and, and being with us today. 
Uh, my question that I want to ask you is someone that has spent a lot of time evaluating the quarterback position as it's one of the more important positions in all the sports. Um, it seems like the issue that I've been experiencing and seeing with these quarterbacks, especially on the collegiate level uh, lately, is they're not in the best situation to succeed. So when I say that, take a Sam Howe or even this year with Hendon Hooker, they're playing in non-pro style offenses that have them pretty much doing one read. Like, do you think that's truly hurting their game when they get to the next level? And like, what what is your opinion on guys that have to play in those type of systems where, you know, like Sam Howell at, at UNC uh, was, it was highly focused on RPOs and one read. Hendon Hooker is playing at an up-tempo one read system, uh, pretty much off the shotgun, maybe, I'm just saying it out. I'm just going to call out the number probably 90% of the time. Like how you, how do you feel about those type of quarterbacks and translating to the next level? And would you, if you were in power, if you were a GM, let's say we gave you the title to be Ozzie Newsome, right? Like, would you feel comfortable mortgaging your future on one of those type of quarterbacks coming from a similar system with a first round pick or even a second? Well, for me, I look at the quarterback position completely different you know so it's and this is the one element that i feel like i can spot you know and a lot of people probably don't have that ability or aren't able to spot it um it's the dog in somebody so it to me it doesn't matter whether or not you're playing in that catch and throw offense if you're playing in a triple option offense if you're playing the pro style offense if you're playing in whatever offense if you are afraid of pressure you're automatically moving down my list. You know, I need guys that are not afraid of pressure, and that's pressure from the defense, pressure of the moment, pressure of the situation. If you can't handle pressure, then you can't play quarterback as a starter uh, in the NFL, and that's all you're going to see is pressure. One, because the hash marks are closer, so the pressure comes quicker. In college, there the wide hash marks, you can easily identify where the physical pressure is coming from so a lot of these quarterbacks are coming out not being able to handle that physical pressure especially if you're not playing in the sec where you're going to get pressure from certain defenses that that love to turn it up georgia alabama lsu those type of uh defensive coaches and schemes tend to turn up the pressure kentucky at times vanderbilt can even compose a challenge but when you find getting guys outside of that you then wonder okay well if they are not able to handle pressure from you know, the physical pressure, can they handle pressure of the situation? That's third and short inside the red zone, four-minute offense, backed-up offense. How well can they bring their team back? And you look at all of these traditional things or and you go into history, that's why I had no issue giving a, a top five grade on Patrick Mahomes. You go back and watch the Texas Bowl when they played LSU. LSU came in. All they had to do was they, they wanted to run the football. They wanted to give Leonard Fournette that opportunity to get 2,000 yards. And then Patrick Mahomes on the opposite side, just scrambling around, doing things that he's currently doing in the NFL, was doing it against this very good LSU defense that had Jalen Mills and company uh, in that secondary. And it was him, and it was a short receiver that ended up uh, J- uh, Jakeem Grant. Those two guys, the only two guys I saw out there against LSU was like, man, these dudes not scared. Give me this dude. Give me this quarterback because he's making play after play uh, despite his team being 
not as good as LSU, especially against that defense and running that offense that at the time everyone talked about was, you know, a ridiculous offense. Fast forward to Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. They're in the playoffs. And this is the point where I saw, you know what, Baker's not that guy, was when inside the crunch time part of that playoff game against Georgia, this is your Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. This is your guy. This is the guy that threw up a zillion yards and touchdowns. They took the ball out of his hands against Georgia inside the red zone in overtime and tried to run their way to success. What does that tell you? That tells you they don't trust him with the football in a clutch, crucial situation. You know, you look at Jalen Hurts. I had no problem grading him as my number two quarterback behind Burrow in that 2020 class. Why? Because I've seen this dude being battle tested time and time again to have the the humbleness is to stay in the spot where you got benched, work on your craft when you got garbage time during the season, only to use what you've learned and worked on when they brought you back in the game in a crucial situation against Georgia in the SEC title game to lead them down to win in that game to get them into the playoffs. All of that, to me, is what you look for at the quarterback position. So long story short, I see that more from Hendon Hooker than I do from a Will Levis. Then I saw a lot of that from a guy like Sam Howell. So it's not the offense, it's whether or not a guy can supersede pressure of all the three types of pressure that I listed. So, so I just wanted just a quick follow-up. So you you mentioned Henry Hooker out of this class and in having the dog and Will Levis not really necessarily having the dog. Who else, in your opinion, at the quarterback position in this class has that dog in them that you have identified? Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I even thought Adrian Martinez moving out of Nebraska, going to Kansas State, was able to showcase that. You like what you saw from um, Jaron Hall from BYU. This was a guy that was starting before Zach Wilson, and then he gets injured. Zach Wilson takes over and does great things at BYU. Hall comes back um, and plays well last year, plays well again this year. The thing about him, you just have to wonder, um, can he stay healthy? So. For me, it's a lot of these guys have been battle tested. Just and just, I know people want to compare Richardson's situation and Levis's situation. As many drops as Richardson's receivers had throughout every game, you never got a clip of Richardson blowing on his receivers on the sideline. You can just tune into a Kentucky game every Saturday and see Will Levis on the sideline just snapping on everybody. But they call that fiery. Well, you never saw that like uh, that that type of. Uh, stuff coming from Richardson. Richardson was calm, cool, collected, and you know that kind of instills confidence in the guys. Like, hey man, I'm gonna come back to you, even though you drop 17 passes in a row. That 18th one, man, you're gonna catch it, and that's the type of guy you need back there uh, at quarterback. They're even kill, and if you have that type of guy, you turn on the Philly game. You don't know if they're up by 20 or down by 20. Jalen Hurts looks the same way, and so you need those type of guys that can lock in. And focusing, Burrow has that in spades. Like, you you can't tell whether they're up or down. You feel like they can come back from any deficit. He's never panicked. So you need those type of attributes, in my opinion, uh, to really thrive at the NFL level. Yeah, Emory, and I was just going to ask, I mean, keeping the theme on quarterbacks, last year we knew that this class, well, the quarterback class last year was spoke of as weak and, you know, a bad class. First question, how do you kind of rate the overall quarterback position this year and this year's draft? I mean, is it a strong class in your opinion? Is it a mid-class, weak class? Second, where would you rank Sam Howell amongst this class of quarterbacks? You know, I think this class is very similar to the class in 2017. 
you know, I had three first round grades on quarter, three high first round grades, like 90 grades is what I'm talking about. I put together a draft guide um, every year. And so that year I had Watson Mahomes and Deshaun Kaiser as my top three with 90 grades, right? This year I got three guys in the top three uh, with the same grade. Richardson, number one, Bryce Young, number two, CJ Stroud, number three, all have a high grade 86. So this class still, I think you could win with any one of those three guys, right? And then afterwards, when you, as I'm grading in 2017, I, you know, I had a, my fourth quarterback wasn't Mr. Trubisky uh, that year. It was actually PJ Walker. So, you know, I look at PJ Walker, like, wow, he's better than Trubisky. As a matter of fact, Gerard Evans at Virginia Tech beat Trubisky head to head and went toe to toe with Deshaun in the ACC title game. Oh, I'm sorry, went toe to toe with, um, yeah, Deshaun in the ACC title game. And they lost on a, you know, last second drive by Deshaun Watson and company. So for me, um, I think this class has depth like 2017. Adrian Martinez is pretty good. Jaron Hall, uh, Hinton Hooker. You know, I'm a big fan of Lindsey Scott Jr. out of Incarnate Word. He's a shorter quarterback, but he can throw the heck out of the football. Just won the FCS equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. Hey, Emory, what, what school was that? Incarnate Word down in San Antonio, they, Texas. They had a hell of a oh, playoff, man. too. He threw 60 touchdown passes this year and ran for another 10. Um, so, yeah, he could put the ball in the paint. Um, but when you look oh, yeah. at Sam, Sam Howell. I never heard that school in my life. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not laughs> right. uh, you, you, you digging deep. So that's not deep and deep, man. It's, it, listen, you know, if it's, if it's football, I, I cover it from soup to nuts. So, and, 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 you know, we're joking, but it, that's why my perspective is different because I've seen a lot of different types of guys and different types of uh, offenses and defenses. But Sam Howell would probably rank around, you know, seven QB seven in this class, you know, so he'd not, be a fifth round pick again, probably in your opinion. Well, it, I, I've never been big on where guys end up because I had a first round grade on Russell Wilson, so I didn't care he went in round three. I just knew when he got on the field, he was going to ball out, which he did. So mm-hmm. for me, because you only get seven picks, right? If you everybody had equal number of picks, and only 32 31 players can go this year in the first round, so it's not about when guys go. Yeah, sometimes you get guys that get a little bit more leeway because they were taken high, um, and it takes teams time to figure out um, that this guy can't really play because they took him in the first round, so they got to talk themselves into him being good. Um, but I don't care that he went in the fifth round. If he was out there balling, let him go out there and ball. And now it's going to cost you on the back end uh, because if he continues to ball um, – you're gonna have to pay like Dallas had to pay with Dak when okay. Dak outperformed his his draft status. Um, and like teams had to do with Jacoby, who outperformed his draft status. So it's not about when guys go, just be happy you got picked. I think Howell's in a great spot with a great OC, great talent around him. Um, and we'll find out this year if he can continue to parlay this opportunity into more opportunities or even a bigger contract. So, Emory for Washington, um, the biggest thing that we're talking about out here is offensive line and cornerback. Uh, at 16, what do you think makes the most sense in terms of those two positions? What do you think? Because uh, I'm a big fan of Osiris um, Torrance. I'm a big fan of Peter Skaransky, but I understand given where they are in this class, they may not make it to 16. Um I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is, but what do you think about CB, uh, cornerback, 
offensive line, interior offensive line, wherever that works uh, at 16? What makes the most sense in your opinion? Either one makes the most sense. And I would even throw out B. John Robinson. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> that's, they, that's AJ guy right there. Washington needs a game breaker at running back. They got good guys. They need a great player to go along with those receivers. Adding a running back like Bijan or Jameer Gibbs would be fantastic. But Osiris Sponge <laughs> is a real good one too. Um, definitely is a he's gonna open up so many holes on that right side. He is impossible to move up front. And cornerback is, is great. It, it just depends on which cornerback is there. If for whatever reason Gonzalez is there, take him. You know, so there's there's an opportunity for you know Washington to get what they want. It seems like they have a type, right? They like long athletic guys. Brent out of Kansas State is there. You know, you can take him. I'm a big fan of Darius Rush more so than Cam Smith out of South Carolina, two teammates. I would take Darius Rush, long athletic, former wide receiver, turned cornerback. So you know he got the ball skills, kind of could go along that Richard Sherman type trajectory. Um, had a great senior bowl. Had great tape at South Carolina. So any one of those positions you can't go wrong with because it's a very deep and talented class at the top. So sitting at pick 16, Washington, to me, is in a catbird seat. Let me ask so, one question, AJ. One, one, quick, one quick question. So Because you had mentioned running back. And like we had a whole discussion on it last week, Emory. And uh, just generally, you're not scared to take a running back in the first round. Like that, that whole theory or that narrative, matter of fact, the tight ends and running backs, like, cause we have a, a tight end concern as well. Like they're not getting selected in the first two rounds at all, at, at all, or not that much anymore. Like you get one or two each season or each draft season. Um, but you're not afraid to take that running back. If it makes sense for a team in the first round, people could be dumb with this in the pro football focus. If they want to, <laughs> here's the thing. If, if I'm building a team, I want dudes that can put the ball in the end zone and can take the ball away. And I need a – you're not sitting there in week seven and watching B. John Robinson just run up and down the field and be like, dang, you know, if we would just take it, waited and got somebody else in round yeah. four, like you don't care. Nobody cares. Like they just want talent. And here's what people that talk about that don't take running back in the first round, uh, you know, nonsense. This is they, – they talk out both sides of their mouth because they'll say – well, you don't want to take a running back high because they're, you know, they they don't last long and they're not going to get that second contract. Well, wouldn't it make sense to take them at their highest value coming out of college in the first round, get in the fifth year, and then you can decide at the end of that, do you want to extend them or do you just draft another one in the first round? And secondly, you don't take any running back in the first round. I'm not going to sit there and pass on Barry Sanders just because I can get myself in round six. No, I'm taking Barry Sanders. I'm taking a guy that does something that's ridiculous. Find me a lot of B. John Robinsons in this class. Find me a lot of Jameer Gibbs in this class. Yes, there are some good backs, but they, yeah. these two are special. So special supposed to go in round one, regardless of position. Michael Mayer would be a good fit for Washington. Dalton Kincaid would be a good fit for Washington. And so if I'm if I'm in charge of a team and I need a position and there's a great player there, like, oh, they don't take a center in round one. Don't take a guard. <laughs> like, give me the best players, regardless. Period. Yeah, that, you worry about that, your team that, over there. And that's what I don't understand about some of these pundits and even some of these teams. Like, they just overthink the process. Like, you're trying to be so analytical that you're missing five star players, these blue chips. I mean, there you could say there's so many running backs in this in this draft class, for example, but how many have the traits? of a B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs. It's just how you plan on utilizing them. 
And that's where my question goes for you. I, at, at, at Washington's position of 16, ideally for me, I would like for them to trade back and take one of those guys if it, if it falls suit. Preferably my guy is Jameer Gibbs. Because uh, like you said, the whole point is to score points and to have dynamic players. And you add a guy like Gibbs into this running back room, uh, also being able to help a Sam Howe with these these uh, these routes in the flats, screen game, so much that Eric Bieniemy wants to do and replicate from the Andy Reid West Coast offense. It, it's a game changer. Like there's <laughs> there's really no value that you can truly put on it. Like you're not going to find another guy like that in the second, third, fourth, or fifth, like, you know, it, it probably looked promising because they got an Isaiah Pachenko in the seventh round. But even his traits, like, to translate speed to power is it, very rare. You know why he dropped the seventh? I have no clue. Because he runs but, in the back of his lineman all the time. So you got to be willing to put up with that, you know, like, hey, man, this dude just keep – he's blind as a, as from a vision perspective, mm-hmm. like – because I yeah. think people are overrating Pacheco's skill set just because he went in round seven because they also want to dump on taking running backs in the first round. But, man, how many times you going to run to the back of your lineman uh, each and every game? Like, th- that's not what we pay you for. But I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, but I had to say that. Oh, now you're now you good. I, I mean, because I, I haven't – I haven't I'm, – I'm, I'm an NFL agent, but I haven't spent too much time breaking down some of these guys' tape or whatever. They just were on my radar. So I've seen a couple games at Rutgers because – I have a, a friend that actually played for them, but like I had no clue that he had vision issues at Rutgers. You no, know, I'm saying so he's I not blind like legally. I'm oh, talking okay, about, okay. Like, from a football. Perspective. No, no, yeah, I'm like, talking. I'm yeah. talking about from a football perspective, not okay. legally. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> the same thing could be said about Antonio Gibson. He has the traits, but he doesn't see lanes well. He doesn't have anticipation uh, when it comes to what's going to open up, what's not. Uh, and that's the reason why they went and took Brian Robinson in the third round. They wanted a more natural running back, someone that's been doing it probably since they were a, a youngster. So at 16, if I gave you the option of B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, and you know the pieces that Washington has with this offense, whether it be Brissett or Howard at quarterback, Terry McClure, Jahad Dawson, Curtis Samuel, no tight end, and this offensive line situation, who would you – preferably go with if they went with a running back at 16 gibbs gibbs is my number one back you know gibbs to me um has that marshall falk type capability you know he is someone that can really score from anywhere on the field it's funny because i was at the combine and and then you are surprised that this guy checked in at 5'9 199 so someone could if you would have told me prior to that like oh he's 5'11 215 that checks out he looks about it you know so the fact that he was doing what he was doing at two different Power Five programs uh, at five nine one ninety nine, which again I'm not worried about that because guys lose weight for the combine. So he can like you come back from lunch at two o five. So what? You know what I'm saying? Like so I'm not worried about the weight. This dude has the ability to make you miss. He's explosive in all directions and has that ability to really get from zero to sixty. He is legitimately a home run waiting to happen. Um, in the backfield. So if, if I had the choice between two, it would be um, Jameer Gibbs. Now, here's the thing. People may hear that and say, oh, well, he doesn't like Bijan. If you look at my running back grades from 2020 to 2023, Bijan would be third, you know, out behind Gibbs and DeAndre Swift. So I, ha- I have a really high 
appreciation for what Bijan was able to do. I even throw another position out there that I, you know, Washington could, even though they just picked one a couple years ago. I would be hard pressed to not take Deion Henley as well. He reminds me a lot of Fred Werner. So, but I know nobody wants to see Washington take another inside backer because of what they did a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah. But Henley is someone that really did a fantastic job at Washington State. He can cover, he can, you know, turn the ball over. He he's just an excellent football player. But you know, so I'm saying all that to say at 16, Washington really can do anything they want to. I got one more question for you, boss, and I appreciate your time uh, with this. Um, I, this is with the, whichever round, every, any name that comes to mind, but what are some of the under-the-radar prospects that you think um, aren't getting the recognition that they deserve? Who are, those, who are those prospects that you have your eyes on? Well, keeping it specifically for Washington, and you look at the defensive backfield, you look at um, Isaiah Bolden out of Jackson State, you know, tremendous talent, 6'2", 203, former Florida State Seminole. You know, he played every position in the secondary for Jackson State. Down at the NFL PA Bowl, he was playing exclusively corner. And you saw his ability to really lock up and, and man up. Great and press. Has the athleticism. He's already going to be a, a core special team because of what he does as a returner, both kickoff and punt returner. So big fan of that. Then also, same, um, you know, same HBCU prospect in uh, Isaiah um, I'm sorry, uh, Isaac. Oh man, not his name. I've been saying his name all. What you call it? I got you. Two seconds. What's what's the school? I, I can uh, Alabama State. He's a corner. He's tall, six two, one eighty eight. Um, oh man, it slips my mind. I've been talking this dude up the whole process, but he was another one that was at the NFL PA Bowl. Came in, held his own. In Kenan, the Kenan Isaac. Kenan Isaac. So he six two, one eighty eight. He can put on a couple of pounds. You go and watch his game against Auburn. Last year did a great job in that in that ball game. Um, great NFL PA bowl, great HBCU legacy bowl. Um, you can probably get him later in the in the seventh round, probably as a priority free agent. You already have some experience in that with Danny Johnson on the roster, who was a man child down there in this at the senior bowl, but also at Southern during his career. So I see those guys as bigger corners, mm -hmm. um, longer corners uh, that can press, that can cover, that have ball skills. Uh, those are some sleepers that are specific for Washington and Lakeland Pitts, um, Lake Lakeland, uh, Lakeland Pitts, the tight end from William and Mary, fantastic inline blocker, great hands, aggressive route runner. Um, he does everything in a violent manner from how he throws defensive ends around in the blocking game and the run game and how he gets off physical coverage in the passing game. So he is someone uh, that played really well. Uh, for Mike London down there at uh, at William and Mary. Dre, any last question for Emory before we? Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. I actually did have a question for Emory, and he was talking about you know untalked about cornerbacks, and I wanted to ask him about a guy that I love. Um, and I always talked about him. I watched him on Last Chance You, but what do you think about Ray John Wright out of Oregon State? That's one of my guys at cornerback. Big guy, like love the physicality for whatever reason. Oregon State has produced in the last couple of seasons, some physical corners. Their safety this year is really good as well, physical guy. So I like the fact that he's not afraid to press. I think he can play either the field side or the boundary side. I know in the NFL it's you know all in the middle of the field, so there's no field or boundary. But what I'm saying is he can get on your number one 
wide receiver and hold his own. He can also get out there and follow around a Z or a flanker and chase that guy all over the field because he has good athleticism. So I like him. I think he's another one of these guys um, that's not being talked about enough uh, at the position. Emery, man, I want to give you the Florida plug anything and everything that you got going on. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, the floor is yours, boss, man. Well, we put together a draft guide, the largest draft guide in existence, one over 1,000 individual scouting reports. Now, it's not a situation where we have 300 scouting reports and list the rest of the guys. No, every person in this draft guide has a scouting report, full-page scouting report. So over 1,060 scouting reports to be exact. So whether guys get drafted, undrafted, end up in the XFL, USFL, transient through a preseason and in training camp, we probably will have a scouting report on this player or any prospect. So you can order that at footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Last year, we put out the largest in history, over a thousand. Well, we can't say we put out the largest in history again because we, you know, just Gotta beat ourselves. You. you know what uh -huh. I'm saying? So footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide, the best draft guide out there, period. Period, man. There it is. Emery, man, stay safe. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the draft, the rest of the draft process. Uh, and, and appreciate you joining us, boss man. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There we go, Emery. All right. Um, let's go ahead and so what we got um mock draft next. Hold on one second. Boom. Here we go. Uh Emery, you good to go? Um, we got mock draft next and prospect spotlight. Uh fellas. I'm thinking – so I was thinking of ways that we can kind of spice it up for, like, as we continue to go on to the next ones, right? Um, I know – what did we use last time? We used PFN, so he said – we said don't use PFN. AJ had one. I don't know which one he had. He had some, you know, end-all, be-all one. Draft Network. Is it the Draft? Yeah, the Draft Network. Mock Draft. Um, pull this one up. Uh, What is this? Mock Draft Beta Testing is currently underway. What does that mean? Man, this is I don't even I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just want a mock draft, bro. I'm about to just go back to I'm about to go back to what I know. Yeah. Oh, PFF. PFF. I was at Draft Network. Oh, PFF right. does one? I didn't realize they yeah. Did. Yeah, they got one. Um, okay. So we have Washington set up here. So I was thinking, um, maybe we do like um well this week. Maybe we do one with no trades, like we stick at 16. Um, or maybe this week we collectively pick 16 together based on what the board presents us. Like some some way where we can kind of mix it up a little bit, uh, add some flavor to the mock draft. Um, or maybe we're forced to accept a trade, like, and and that's kind of how we do it this week. Um, uh, like we have to take one trade, uh and, or I don't know. What, what are y'all thinking? Like, do y'all want to do a, a regular one? Do y'all want to do one where we're uh, the GM and the, the head coach and we're collaborating? Um, how do y'all want to do this? What are y'all thinking? For this week, let's do the collaboration. And then collaboration. when the draft time comes around, we can do the we are the GM here. And this is the end all be all. Okay. And, and what we're doing at 16, we'll say that for the draft day, we'll do what we're doing at 16 that day. Because that's okay. what we're, you know, assuming we're picking at 16. Okay. So, so the last one is staying at 16. This one, we could do our collaboration. Okay. Lab, cool. Yes. All right. Cool. So let's go. Ahead. Hey, AJ, you here? Just to make sure, make sure he's straight before we get started. 
Uh, he did just send us a message. He said he oh, has he a call right now. Yeah, so. Okay. Oh, and, okay, 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 okay. All right, so we're going to go ahead and roll with us, too. Hopefully everything's straight with AJ. Um, all right, let's go see when we get started and share my screen so everybody that's watching live can follow along. Share the screen. We ain't sharing the entire screen, goddammit. Okay. Boom, boom, and here we go. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start and enter the draft. We're going to do one round to hell with all that um, simulation. What does it say? Consistent board. Oh, no. All right. One round. And let's enter. Wait, what are we doing? Why can I? We got to pay. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> bro, PFN, bro. See, they want some money. Yeah, they, they I don't know what's going on right now. We're doing PFN. Going back to PFN, man. Normal, let's draft. This is crazy. Let's do select the team. We got Washington. Now we draft. Okay. All right, boom. So now we see it. We're going to go ahead and roll them all for everybody that's listening. Number one off the board is C.J. Stroud, um, quarterback, Ohio State, on the way to Carolina. Next up, we have – all right, let's go ahead and close all these. Wow. Wow. They're giving oh, us wow. Dalvin um, Cook. They gave a player? That's crazy. Yeah, they're okay. giving us Dalvin Cook and pick 23. And then this one is crazier. Okay. Close this. Let me go ahead. All right. So let's go ahead and run through the list of players. That have been off the board. Bryce Young uh, is Houston, number two. Will Anderson, number three to uh, Arizona, number four. Anthony Richardson to Indianapolis. Tyree Wilson, edge rusher to Seattle. Cornerback Christian Gonzalez to Detroit. Paris Johnson to the Las Vegas Raiders. Broderick Jones to the Atlanta Falcons. Miles Murphy to Houston Texans. Jalen Carter off the board, number 10 to Philadelphia. Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, number 11 to Arizona. Um, oh, they have two top top eleven picks. That's gonna be that's that's real good. Okay. Um, Jordan Addison, number twelve to Chicago Bears. Peter Skaronski off the board, number thirteen in New York Jets. Cam Smith, uh, to the New England Patriots. Will Levis to Kentucky, and now we are up Dre. So before we look at our trade offers, which we have a couple, we have a we have some players on the board right now. You just heard Emery speak. He said that B. John is dead. He taking them no questions. I didn't see another running back off the board, so that sounds like the boy is dead. Um, I'm looking for him now. Jameer Gibbs, number 35 at Alabama, he is dead. So right now we have B. John on the board, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, Brian Branch. I don't know why I listed the cornerback, I mean the wide receiver, but uh, B. John Robinson, Brian Branch, Luke Van Ness, Joey Porter Jr., we have Keelan Ringo, Deontay Banks, uh, Dalton Kincaid on the board, Michael Meyer, uh, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison. Um, and obviously, like we said, Jameer Gibbs uh, is on the board. Uh, Darnell Washington is on the board, but ain't nobody in their right mind is taking Darnell at 16. Uh, at That type of tight end, we ain't taking him. So, Dre, we got the players on the board, right? What are you thinking at 16? Um, are, you, are you even – sniffing around at those trade offers or are you thinking like i like what i got on the board and i i don't i don't want to i don't want to look at these trade offers because then i'm gonna be tempted to, to pass up on something elite 
I mean, the Dalvin offer is very tempting, but the only thing that worries me about Dalvin is he's starting to get up there in uh, the running back age where you don't want to see running backs get to because you know that that fall off is coming at some point. Um, but it's intriguing because they give you pick 23, and I don't feel like yeah. the gap between pick 16 and 23 is that big in this draft. Like, you know, you can probably get a guy at 23 that you would have got at 16 that you like in this draft, like a Joey Porter Jr., or something so like that's really enticing but i would have to look at dalvin's money um but i don't know dalvin's money right now so so yeah, I would dalvin, dalvin cook <laughs> is 27 right now and he turns 28 in august uh he's making dalvin contract dalvin cook all right here we go dalvin cook's contract he signed a five-year 63 million dollar deal um when did that happen? I mu- it must have happened in 20, 2020. But there's an out um this year, actually. Might not think about it. So that's but he has a three million, yeah. He has a three million dollar dead cap after this season. So right now it's eight million. If you accept it, his dead cap is eight million. So obviously, you're not gonna cut him um during the season at all, whatsoever. You traded for him. Uh, but 20, 2024, you got a three million dollar dead cap, so you can really get rid of him after one season if things don't work out. Uh, technically speaking. So that's what his contract situation looks like. Five years, $63 million deal, um, $3 million dead cap after 2023. Um, and that yeah. makes that more enticing because as we keep talking about B. John Robinson, like, oh, you got to take that guy. Dalvin Cook's done what you want B. John Robinson to do at this level. And plus, you're still keeping a first round pick. So you're getting like that B. John Robinson type of production, but you're also keeping a first round pick. So, I mean, it's very enticing. Monty says, take that trade. Does anybody else in the chat say take that trade? Um, I should have been said this. If you are looking on Twitter, we appreciate you watching. Uh, but we don't see comments through Periscope. Um, we don't have like uh, 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 StreamYard doesn't allow that for whatever reason. So uh, if you're on Twitter, I mean, uh, if you're on Twitch and uh, Twi- uh, Twitch and YouTube, uh, make sure you uh, get your comments in through that route, not Twitter. Uh, so my thing is, though, they're giving up Dalvin, so they got to be going for running back, I'd imagine. Um, does that mean that they go for Bijan or do they go for uh, um, the other guy, for Jameer? But secondly, if we trade back to 23, who are we going to be interested in then? Like, do we think that the cornerbacks are still going to be there? like the top cornerbacks that we're thinking about? Uh, or do we even think that the running backs are still going to be there? Um, at least one of them. Because at that point, I'm thinking tight end if I move back. I mean, that and point. that's an option. And that's the thing. Like, if you move back in this draft, because, I mean, we keep fixating on, what, two positions. We keep going back and forth with, you know, cornerback and um, – the offensive line, I mean, obviously you can't draft an offensive lineman right there. 16 because none of those guys seem like they fit at that spot. But you go back to 23, then your options open up to a plethora of them, you know. And But the thing is, I guess like I said, what you're missing if you move back is you're missing the B. John Robinson. You're uh, potentially missing the Joey Porter Jr., who I love in this draft, you know, guys like that. But then there's still guys like uh, Ringo, um, Deontay Banks, he's still available at cornerback in this draft. They might last to 23 um, in this draft. So it's you can go a lot of ways. Trading down in this draft, I mean – I'm not opposed to it at all because, like I said, where Washington is picking is an ugly spot in this draft. And I and I feel like with the needs that they have, you know, you can probably get some of those guys when you move back in this draft as well as, you know, uh, attain assets. I think Denver lost their damn mind. Um, 
<laughs> so for those who are listening, uh, Denver offered us pick 67, pick 68. Now, in theory, that ain't bad, but that's the end of the second round, if my math is right. Um, but 67, pick 68, um, pick 108, Cameron Sutton in the 2024 third round pick for pick 16. Five overall assets, um, four draft picks and one player for pick 16. That is a lot for one pick. Um, do we think that we can survive a no first rounder this year? But that's not a second rounder either, is it? Pick 67. Yeah, that's a third rounder. So it's like they will oh, leave yeah. us high and dry oh, without a really, second or first. Here you go. I told you my math. If my math is right, it was clearly wrong. Um, so you're talking about you're moving out of first. You still get your second, but you now you have two thirds. Um, no, that's not. A, I don't. I don't like this one. Can we? We can reject this. <laughs> Cole, I'm asking. I'm. I'm asking. Should we reject this? I mean, camera. I, is, I personally right, re- reject it. I mean, because. You got to give me at least a second or something to start talking that that conversation. Okay, so yeah. we're rejecting the Broncos offer. Now we have Houston. Uh, excuse me, my bad. Minnesota pick twenty three. Dalvin Cook. They're moving up to pick sixteen. Um, to be honest with you, coming up Dalvin and having Bijan and da- I said uh, Bijan br- br- two B Robs, <laughs> Brian Robinson and Dalvin along with Antonio Gibson for at least one season. That don't sound too bad. Cause you was gonna have you was gonna have, if you was gonna take Bijan at sixteen you was gonna have three good running backs or three decent running backs all together, so I don't mind the idea of Dalvin. Um, I am gonna have to think about a restructure if he comes along, because <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, I don't know. Uh, do we want to take the risk and see who's gonna be there at twenty three? I'm I'm willing to do it. The only reason I'm a little hesitant on it is because I still feel like. Dalvin, I love Dalvin. He went to Florida State, my favorite, you know, college football team. But I just get this fear that he could just be hitting that hill, you know, the, the wrong side yeah. of that hill for running backs. And then you basically only did a, you know, a seven pick swap in which Minnesota would have easily won because they got off of Dalvin Cook's contract and they also moved up seven picks. Yeah. So, I mean, for this to be sweeter for me, they would have to throw on like a fourth round pick or something. And they don't. So I'm going to have to say no in this pick. I'm with you. Uh, I say I'm. I was willing to do it, but uh, you actually convinced me as well. I, the age thing is one thing. Another thing that I should have thought about as well is like you get five years with Bijan or five years with uh, 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 Jameer, and they're also coming straight into the league from college, so they're at 23, 22, um, as opposed to 28 when the season starts. Uh, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and hit reject, and we're gonna go with who we have on the board. Uh, we don't have any more trade offers, so we have Bijan, um, Brian Branch, Van Ness, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Deontay Banks, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Meyer, uh, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, and Jameer Gibbs on the board. Uh, who are we thinking about? What's going on, Rich? Appreciate you checking in. Cole said no to Denver trade, so we are out of that. There were no more trade offers. We only had two. Uh, Monty said, "Take the risk." We declined it. Uh, me and for those who are who are just tuning in, me me and Dre are working as a team. Uh, well, AJ's so, here now. AJ's so here gotta, now. Yeah. Well, he missed out on the trade offers. Yeah, so now, <laughs> so now he's gonna have to help us pick. He's gonna have to help us pick these. Uh, pick oh, pick who we got on the board. You did just win one big joint, so y'all declined trade offers. Yeah, we doing a collab today, and then the next podcast we're gonna do our own thing. 
So right. I say with this on the board, um, damn, bro. I go. I'm leaning this. Joey Porter giving, Jr. personally. I'm giving. I'm giving Sam Howe every single opportunity to have no excuse possible to to be successful to to not be successful. So I mean, I'm I'm, um, I'm taking. I know who I want, but Jimmy yeah. Gibbs. I'm willing to. Call, I'm cool with Bijan or Jameer, but if we're talking about running back, I don't think you can go wrong with either. So I'm willing to do. I'm okay with Jameer if we go yeah, running I'm, back. I'm cool with. I'm cool with Jameer Gibbs, bro. Like, chat. Where we at? We. What, what are y'all thinking? So I, me and AJ on the on the side of running back. Dre is on the side of. You said Joey Porter Jr. Right? Yeah. Yeah, cornerback. So here's the thing with Jameer Gibbs. Now, if I want Jameer Gibbs badly, I mean, I'm definitely trading down. Like, I mean, at least the way Minnesota was. I mean, you wouldn't take a double yeah. cook if you wanted Jameer Gibbs, but I'm trading down somewhere in that range if I want Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if I'm pulling a trigger uh, on Jameer where, 16. Where is where is the the issue with that go down a little bit? Charges are what 20th pick? Charges 21st. No, 21st. So I feel like I feel like you run a high risk of losing Jameer Gibbs between 18, the pick 18, 19, and 21. Like that, that's my issue. And I, I feel like if you got a guy like that that's dynamic on the board, you you can't allow teams to possibly move up to go get that guy. Like that's that's the dangerous game about the the draft. It's like you could trade back. But you also have to be prepared if this team takes your pick. So yeah. I I don't know. For me, of course, people would be like, oh my God, you took a running back at 16. Like, I mean, like we just had our, our, our guests on. Like at the end of the day, the objective is to get playmakers. And especially on the offensive side of the ball, score points. And I feel like he's just such a weapon, especially on the NFL level. That you just can't, you can't teach what he what he brings to the table. What he did at Alabama, even if you look at what he did at Georgia Tech, which has which has no offensive line, they don't have a quarterback. Like you know that they running the ball. Like he was killing in the run game, passing game, and he was also a big time threat at kick return. And you know this team needs some kick return. He's like J.D. McKissick on steroids. That's the way I like to describe Jameer Gibbs. Like I love Jameer Gibbs' game, but I think you can get him in the 20s. I do think you can get him somewhere in the 20s for sure. So maybe what, – What happened with the trade offers? Well, we declined um, them. We, had we two. declined them. We had – Denver gave us four draft picks in a in, in a cornerback, but their draft picks weren't until the third round. Um, and we were giving them pick 16 and Minnesota offered us Dalvin Cook and their 23rd uh pick for the 16th, and we turned that one down. Um, that's all we had. Um, fellas, I say my opinion. Well, I, I think I I think I'm see that's the thing, like running back is secondary, but it's kind of crazy how I got caught up in the like Emory convinced me, right? Like it, it makes so much sense. And and I also think like is the cornerback with the the best, like some of the best ball skills, 
is is that joy is that joy porter jr does he have some of the best i'm asking because i haven't even watched this game like in completeness like i don't i don't really know but does he have some ball skills at all like can he can he, he does turn, have ball he can skills. turn the ball over joy yeah, porter he, nah not not really he's not that's uh go ahead. what's the kid out of mississippi state he's not him when it comes yeah, to like the ball skills. yeah he's, he's not, not that kid um but i mean he's a physical cornerback and he's going to make you think twice about going his way in games. I mean, he's going to make you he's going to make your best wide receiver upset because he's going to he's going to try to get in his head. He's going to play him physical. You know, he can switch between man and zone. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. I think he's a versatile cornerback, and I do think he's going to be a top level cornerback at the next level. Okay. Um. And the only way you take here's the thing with running back. This this the question I got to ask. How much better are you right now today if you go out and get a Gibbs? I mean, I, granted, I would love to have either one of those guys, Gibbs or John Robinson, but how much better are the commanders if they take those guys? Because I still look at teams like, you know, the Giants with Saquon Barkley and, you know, running backs by themselves don't necessarily win games in this era, in the modern day era. So I'm just wondering how much better do they make us today at the running back position? We got playmakers. We do have playmakers. I mean, but at, I'm never upset with too many playmakers. Hey, all, However, all, with that first round, is, pick, you got a four-three running back, and that man ain't break a break a run over forty yards in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, say, say that again. We got a we got a four-three running back, and that man ain't break a forty-yard run in over three years, bro. Shoot, has he even has he even ran from one to twenty-five yards? Um, I think so. He's gotten a seventy yarder. Like people would love to bring that up, but I don't count goddamn screen pass. Oh no, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm about to say about I don't a, count no. Yeah, I don't count no goddamn screen, screen pass. Yeah. Like, he ain't shit, breaking me, no run. Me and you could do that. We got a wide open. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can try. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. I guess um, twenty five yards. <laughs> yeah, all right. they they gonna hawk my ass, bro. See that that's um, the problem with that's the problem with this fan base, like. You you want them to take a you want them to take a offensive lineman or cornerback so bad, but not looking at the player. You're just people are just saying just pick one. Like <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. make sense to me, and, and that's what really throws me off about this whole draft process, especially with fans. Like you're just saying just pick one, just because hey, I think we we need Wait. one that bad. And it's like certain guys just don't fit. Like Joey Porter. Oh, Osiris Torrance is on the board. Far oh, man. Like, man. You get him in the second round. Joey, Jody Porter is going to come into the league and have a lot of a lot of penalties on him because he grabs a lot. He's very grabby. Like, like he does not trust all right. his technique at all. Hey, your, your boy Ben so, St. Jim's grabby, but I like him. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, he grabby too, but you see – you see where there's issues with the ball skills. You feel me? Yeah. Like he's in position, but he's not in position. He doesn't know how to necessarily make those plays because he's a bit too grabby and he just doesn't have like the natural ball skills like a Emmanuel Forbes. Like, and that's not to say that he's a shutdown corner by any means. In my in my opinion, he's more he's more risk reward type corner. He reminds me of Marcus Peters. Like he well, might boy, D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> D'Angelo Hall was a ball hawk. You know, I love right. D'Angelo. Yeah, I mean, he's a ball hawk, but I feel like I feel like D'Angelo had more. But it's a give more. and a give. 
Yeah, like it, it, it's yeah. like if you take that type of guy, you got to be prepared for what comes with it. Yeah, you um, can, no, I like those type of corners, AJ. I do. I love the ball hawks. I love D'Angelo Hall. This team, this but, nah, this team needs a ball hawk in corner because like before, before Defoe was making those plays, they were not getting any takeaways. Oh, I know. Yeah, like we was I mean, coming on, like, like, yeah. going off so, with takeaways. So let's go ahead. We got to make a pick because I'm sure our 15 minutes have, have passed, <laughs> including, including including the time we had before AJ got on. So let's go ahead and, and, and make a pick and be definitive. Um, what's a realistic option where we can all compromise uh, together? Like, I think I, I can imagine this is what the shit looks like in a real like going no, back does. and forth about these about these players um, for Washington. I'm going to just say this. I didn't even realize Osiris Torrance was still on the board. It's weird that he's at 49. I'm an interior guy. I'm all for having Osiris on the team. Um, but I, but if I had to say my one, two, three, my one is going to be Osiris. My two would be uh, 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 Bijan. Um, and my three is Joey Porter Jr. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Do we have any – do we have anything where it's like – it makes sense for Washington where we can compromise our, our favorite position. I'm willing to give up offensive linemen to go cornerback. Can we, what are, where are we at? Can we, can we do some compromising here at pick 16? Because we're not trading. We're staying at 16. So for me, I'll go first. My top three for 16 is Joey Porter Jr. One. I mean, of this group that's available, B. John Robinson and Dalton Kincaid. That's my okay. top three. Okay. Joey's up there. Um, and then you said B, you said B John, right? Yeah, B John and Dalton. okay, and then Dalton. That's my thing. um, AJ. Where are you at? Can we do any compromising? Can do we have a compromise uh, on your list? Damn, my list don't consist of anybody Dre just mentioned, so I guess it's hard <laughs> to compromise, but it would be Jameer Gibbs one, B John Robinson two, and then Brian Branch three. So we got we both got B John Robinson. We we all had B John. Oh, yeah, I guess you okay. Um, I like B. Branch John... too, though. Okay, so yeah, um, I guess we we say we we close our eyes, uh, rejoice with a bottle of champagne, and we all settle with Brian Robinson, B. John Robinson, one of our top all all on our top three uh, player list of, of the top three for sixteen. So we're gonna go ahead and select B. John Robinson before we go before we go on that note. If we end up selecting B. John Robinson, granted, this wouldn't be my first decision, but look at this pick like we're playing with house money. Imagine this. Ron just made a pick. Ron might get fired next year. The next coach comes in. You got a whole new slate, but this next new coach comes in with B. John Robinson. Hey, that's the way you sell that to the fan base. I mean, Ron can't sell it like that, but we can. We can sell it to the fan base. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and select Man, oh, hey, Richard Wilson, uh, Richard Wilson, you might be dead come uh, first round of the draft, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, if we take a running back first round, I'm dead. That's when you draw the line, Richard. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, nah, like, he said, why are we even talking about running back first round, bro? Hey, this this was fun. I feel, I this feel was it. fun. Oh man! All right, so we end up selecting B. John Robinson after all that discussion. Um, good, 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 good. Um, okay, cool. So, fellas, uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to make a promise that we double up next week on our on our spotlights. 
Um, y'all know I got the all 32 side of, of the trap dive, so we got to get that rolling. I'm already late. Um, but we're gonna double up next week with our um uh, with our uh mock draft again. We'll find the theme for next week. Um, I think we did say we're gonna do our individual thing, but we uh I don't know how we're gonna play it yet. If we're gonna do trade, uh we have to we have to accept the trade or we have to, I don't know. We're gonna figure that out. We're gonna talk it out in, in the group chat so we can uh have an idea going into it. But uh we'll we double do up three on our rounds next time, all we can do three rounds. Three. We did three rounds last time. We can do three rounds this time. All right, player. We got three, three picks. Three, three rounds, bro. <laughs> Say we we've setting this song there. Three rounds, then, man. Hey. Um. All right. So we're gonna do a three round mock next next week. Um. And we're gonna have two prospects for our player spotlights and double up that way. So, fellas, uh, y'all be safe, man. We're gonna lock in uh, this week. Um. When is? You know what? Oh no, that's not this week. Um. XFL clinched the playoff berth, and I'm thinking I I, I could have sworn it's a playoff game. This. Uh, coming up soon, but I don't. I don't think their season ended. Um, not yet. Yeah, I watched the game yesterday. Um, they played against what was it, Seattle? I mean, I'm actually yeah. intrigued, man. I saw Philip Lindsay out there playing for um Seattle in the XFL. I said, wow, yeah, he was. It, it was. I know he got picked actually, up. It was his first game. He scored a touchdown yeah. too. So I was like, What's okay, got some I know DJ in the XFL. Yeah, Swearinger got picked up by the by the defenders. So yeah, I don't I saw know that if too. Yeah, how he played. So, I mean, but my, my, my question with this XFL, and I always ask this question, what is the ultimate goal? Is it to just become an alternate league to the NFL, or are they, you know, the goal is maybe we can one day be number one, but I don't think that it will ever happen. So, I mean, I think they have to just yeah, say, hey, I want to just be an alternate league. And I think, maybe that, maybe I, think the trying, I think the goal as an owner is to get bought out by the NFL and become their developmental league, and they run it. Without having the NFL, like the NBA and G League, yeah, yeah, they they essentially, I feel like that's the only way it could really be an investment that has re- like return is to run it, be operational enough to the point where the NFL comes in and says, "Hey, this would be our developmental league, and we're going to do a partnership." But outside of that, I don't get the point of it. It's just spring ball. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, you put the tape out there for your boys, uh, for your or for yourself and. Try to find your way back into the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's actually also, interesting you also, what the USFL is up to, too. You you also playing ball in March and April and May and then having to turn around. And, and, it's a grind, and, bro. You, see, not, AJ, you're not for, wrong, though, but it's a grind. But for the it. developmental league to work, they're going to have to coincide their league or their season schedule with the NFL. Like, they're going to have to play games yeah. on Tuesdays and Thursdays like the, or Tuesdays and Wednesdays or something like that. You know, so just in case an injury happens, oh, I'm calling this guy from the defenders, right? He could come play on Sunday. So, That's something like yeah. it, it, It's challenging. Like, the CFL still exists as well. So, mm-hmm. yep. All right. Uh, we out of here, man. Everybody who's just checking in, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, uh, or follow the podcast if you are not following. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode. We got a couple more guests on the way. Uh, can't wait for those episodes to drop. I'm um, looking forward to that. Uh, to catch up and talk ball with some more um, analysts around the NFL, around the draft as well. So we out of here. Y'all be safe. Enjoy y'all night. Enjoy y'all day. Enjoy y'all week. Whenever you listen on up. Good stuff. Peace. Damn, set, hut, watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Dive.
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.